You are listening to Winning with Mainstay. The opinions expressed on this edition of Pensacola Expert Panel are not necessarily those of News Radio 92.3 AM 1620, but rather the opinions of the sponsor, Mainstay Financial Services, with host Bob Burgey. Provided on winning with Mainstay Financial is information provided on winning with Mainstay Financial is provided for educational purposes only and is not intended to be specific financial advice for individuals. All information presented is believed to be from reliable sources and no representation is made to its accuracy. Views presented are those of Mainstay Financial and host Bob Burgi and do not necessarily represent the view of Alpha Star Capital Management LLC. Alpha Star Capital Management is an SEC registered investment advisor. Registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor or investment advisor representative has attained a particular level of skill or ability. Opinions expressed are subject to change and do not constitute financial, legal, or tax advice. You should consult your financial professional before executing any financial strategy. Now, here's Bob Burgey. Good morning, Jenna. Good morning. Happy Tuesday. Yes, same to you. How's everything? It is going swimmingly. I'm ready for Christmas. All right. Did you have a nice hour with uh, with Mr. Mike Wiggins? Oh, yeah. So we talked some last-minute gift ideas. Awesome. I know last week you and I went over some of the hottest gifts of the season. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I know a couple people who ended up uh, going and, and tapping into <laughs> that, that list we made. Yeah, we, but, talk, uh, yeah. we talked about holiday spending. And, mm-hmm. of course, we had a lot of fun talking about the hottest gifts of the season. And, uh, yeah, I think... You know, it's not as tech um, as tech focused this year. I, you know, I'm pleasantly surprised. You know, we saw a lot of things that had nothing to do with technology, and uh, I think that's a plus. So, hopefully, hopefully, uh, everybody will have a, a great holiday season, get what they want, and uh, you know, perhaps some of those items will be under the tree for folks, right? Yeah, and like a new car. No, I already got that, so we're good. Yeah. Well, we've got fruit in the house. That's great. Thank you for the apple. I I brought you some vitamin C. (laughs) Yeah. It's that time of year. We've had enough sugar and everything. Also, make sure you're getting your vitamin C, and it's going to be warm and sunny this upcoming weekend, so you'll be able to get outside and get some vitamin D here in Northwest Florida if you're sticking around and enjoying our beautiful sunny weather. Right. That's for sure. And we were just talking about the holiday gift baskets and everything we're getting, and... uh, you know, one of the things I don't see anymore is fruitcake, and I just, I don't have no idea what happened to it. Now, I was never a big fan, but I just don't see it anymore. So, uh, very dense, very, very thick. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, if you if you put a brick in a bag Isn't in one hand. is there nuts in fruitcake, too? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, if you put a, the density, if you put a brick in one bag and a brick in another bag and hold, you, you couldn't tell which is which. They, if I saw the some in size. the grocery store, and I was wondering, who is still buying this to make them still make it? Okay, so you saw some. Okay. I, well, oh, yeah. I just haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Uh, I don't remember which store it was, yeah. uh, but I was in one yesterday, and I thought, like, the, I, 
that would be the last i do know people who say they have to buy it every year right so they're the ones we can blame them and i, I just don't have a taste for it and i love fruit yeah i love fruit. i do too i love i like cake i do too i do too it just uh I don't know. Uh, it, I, but I'd rather have like apple pie yeah. than, you know, a brick of Blueberry fruit pie, and nuts. Blueberry pie, just a lot of things, a yes. smoothie with fruit. Right? But if, you, yeah. if you're if you a fruitcake lover, that's okay. We we love you too. 850-437-1620. You don't have to text in, of course, about your, your love for fruitcake. But if you would like to, yes, please do. Share that's it. Right. Tell oh, us that we're wrong. That's right. Okay, today, Jenna, we're talking about year-end financial checklist last week we talked about year-end holiday spending and some of the nice toys and uh gifts that you know people are giving and 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 are going to receive this christmas but uh now now we're getting back to really financial planning a little bit of taxes uh maybe not as fun but great information okay so um the the articles i'm using uh for today's show one is out of Forbes. It is called 2021 Year-End Financial Checklist. Uh, this is uh, this was printed on November 24th, 2021, but it's it's really great. I've also got some other materials that I'll reference, but um, let's just let's just get into it. And callers, please please reach out to us if you have any comments, questions, uh, if you want to just chime in on what we're talking about. But we're talking about the year-end financial checklist. All right, the first on the checklist. This is something we're doing a great deal of at our office, Jenna, is required minimum distributions from IRAs. All right, we have anybody that is over the age of 72 is required to take their required minimum distribution this year. We call it an RMD. Um, in addition, if you have inherited an IRA, either a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA, then you are required to take RMDs as well. If it's from a beneficiary IRA or what we call an inherited IRA, there are RMDs associated with that. Now, with a Roth IRA for the original owner, there are no required minimum distributions. That's a big plus, and we talk a lot about Roth IRAs and all of the benefits, and that's one of the huge benefits. So, um, you know, just just a little bit about this. Uh, you know, what an RMD is is the amount of money that must be withdrawn from a retirement account beginning April 1, following the year the account holder reaches age 72. All right. They may also apply, RMDs may also apply to those who have a beneficiary IRA, as we discussed, and a distribution is required each subsequent year. Now, in 2020, RMDs were not required, uh, you know, due to the COVID-19, the uh, global pandemic. That is over. RMDs are resuming in 2021, and as I said, with a couple weeks left out of you know in the year, uh, we're doing a lot of those, calling people, making sure they pushed out their RMDs. One of the complications complications we run into with RMDs is when a client has multiple accounts, or perhaps they have CDs at the bank that are also IRAs, or they'll have an IRA savings account, or or even balances that are still in their 401k. 
So what, what you have to do is take the aggregate, the amount, uh, the total amount of the assets that are subject to the required minimum distribution and push the appropriate amount out. Uh, it can be from one account. It can be the appropriate amount from each account. There's a number of ways of doing it, but it must be, it must be uh, received. It must be distributed uh, during uh, the current tax year tax year ending December 31st, 2021. So um, get on it. Get on it, folks. If you are over age 72 or you are the owner of a beneficiary IRA, you need to take your RMD. Um, all right. The second, the second one on the checklist is charitable giving. Um, there's a couple of ways to do this. You can, of course, write a check to a charity. You can gift household goods and you know there are a number of ways to gift to charities but if you are give, gifting in a big way to a 501c3 entity a charitable entity you need to meet with your tax advisor or get together with your financial advisor and see if it makes sense to use if you're over age 72 your RMD that way if you don't want that income or don't need that income, you can make a dollar-for-dollar dollar charitable contribution to the charity, and it counts as part of your required minimum distribution. Um, I, th that's, an, that's a great way to gift, uh, to do major gifting to charities by IRA owners, and that's, uh, that's traditional IRAs, of course. Um, the other thing you can do, and this is something that people have done for, you know, I'd say decades and decades, possibly 100 years, you take highly appreciated assets, highly appreciated stock, a stock position that perhaps you inherited or you purchased a long time ago, and the long-term capital gain, or in other words, the tax consequences of liquidating this asset are so profound that you cannot really sell it. So instead, you gift the highly appreciated stock to the qualified charity, and you get the full amount, the full market value amount for the deduction. And the charity who receives it, of course, does not pay taxes when they sell the position. So that's a you know that's a win-win. That's a win-win for that's a win for the charity. That's a win for the uh, donor of the gift. Uh, possibly not a win for the IRS because there's no there's no tax revenue there, but we don't care about that, right? So if uh, uh, if you have if you have a traditional IRA and you're required to take your RMD and you don't need the money, you may want to make a charitable gift with that amount or some portion of that amount. QCDs, qualified charitable distributions, are worth considering. Absolutely. All right, another thing that you must do before the end of the year is a Roth conversion. A Roth conversion is taking some amount, some amount of the balance of your traditional IRA and converting it to a Roth IRA. In turn, you will pay the income taxes on the Roth, excuse me, yeah, on the Roth conversion because you're taking a taxable distribution from your traditional IRA. So when you do this, you are putting it directly into the Roth IRA. And guess what happens with the Roth IRA? You do not pay taxes ever again. So you're taking tax-deferred money 
prepaying the income tax and putting it in a tax-free account for the rest of your life. And also, that account will pass excuse me, to your children or other, your, your, your wife, your children, your spouse, any, uh, any person that is named the beneficiary, they will not pay taxes on that money either. However, any non-spouse beneficiary will have an RMD from that. The only folks that do not have an RMD from a Roth IRA are, uh, is really the original owner. And, uh, and, you know, but after that, uh, with the SECURE Act of 2020, all Roth IRAs that are inherited, in, in inherited IRAs, beneficiary IRAs, and traditional IRAs must be emptied in 10 years. So if it was inherited after January 21st of 2020, and it's a non-spouse beneficiary, uh, it must be it must be absolutely withdrawn completely within 10 years. Another reason to do um, Roth conversions is for for that very reason. If you have children and you have a large traditional IRA balance or traditional balance inside your 401k, and you know that these kids are going to have to take out um, all of the money within 10 years following your death then or, or the death of your spouse, then it really makes sense to do Roth conversions annually to move that money from a tax-deferred account to a tax-free account. And, l- and let me just give you an example. Uh, you've gone, you know, you've worked hard, you're in retirement, you're in your 80s, and maybe your kids are in their late 50s and you know we're gonna knock you off you, you know you're no longer with us and you, you have uh, your spouse is predeceased you so you leave that money to your children 10 years from when you died they have to take it all out they have to pay the taxes on it arguably in their late 50s early 60s they're in their peak earning years that's not a great time to receive additional income you don't need so again Roth conversions huge and we're big fans of them. These, you know, the three things I just mentioned, that is something, you know, there is no holiday season at our office. There's no slowdown, Jenna. We are working very hard. Hillary, Tina, and everyone in the group are working very hard to make certain all of the RMDs are pushed out before December 31st, 2021, and they will be, uh, to make sure all the charitable gifting is completed before December 31st, and making sure all of the Roth IRA conversions are completed before December 31st as well. Those three things are probably um, the biggest things we're doing right now because they have, they have a deadline, December 31st. Another thing that has a deadline, tax harvesting. All right, <clears throat> assets that we purchase that are held for over 365 days have long-term capital gain or long-term capital loss consequences. Conversely, anything held under 365 days is considered short-term gain or short-term loss. That is the, uh, you know, that's the, uh, the line in the sand, okay? 365 days. Once you own over 365 days and you have this gain, let's say you've held a position for five years, 10 years, and you have a gain or a loss. You can offset that with the opposite. So if you have a gain, long-term gain, and you have a position with a long-term loss, 
they cancel each other out, which is a which is a very nice thing to do. We're doing that a lot now, and of course, this only applies to non-qualified accounts. And the reason is um, the qualified accounts, the IRAs, you know, the traditional IRAs, the Roth IRAs, inherited IRAs, traditional and Roth. There are no tax consequences inside the account. The only tax consequence with the traditional balances of IRAs is that they're fully taxable as ordinary income. But anything that takes place in the management of the account, the buying, the selling, the gains, the losses, immaterial inside any type of IRA. And that's that makes them very fluid, very easy to manage, and they're very actively managed. So um, uh, as far as harvesting gains, long-term capital losses versus long-term capital gains, uh, that has to be completed before year-end. One other thing uh, that I want to point out, if you have a position with a long-term capital loss, let's say you purchased you purchased a stock five years ago, as long as it was over 365 days ago, you do not want to hold that stock any longer, and you don't have any gain to offset it. You can sell that position and use the long-term capital loss carry forward that never goes away, at least in this uh, in this tax. In, in this tax legislative environment, there is no long-term capital loss forward um, that expires. So you can use that every year to the tune of $3,000, and it comes directly off your your ordinary income. So if you have, you know, if you make uh, $50,000 a year and you have a long-term loss carry forward of $20,000, you can use three thousand this year to reduce your taxes by th- excuse me reduce your taxable income by three thousand dollars and then you would have a long-term capital loss carry forward of instead of twenty thousand dollars now seventeen thousand but that would carry over to the next year then one year possibly you have a long-term capital gain and you can offset the rest but uh, it doesn't go away and that's a nice thing all right the uh, so we went over we went over uh, we, we've gone over long term uh, excuse me gain harvesting we've gone over uh, uh, gifting charitable gifting we've gone over RMDs required minimum distributions we've also gone over the Roth conversions all of those need to take place before the end of the year December thirty first that's very important. Now, there are some other things you want to look into to see about, uh, you know, towards the end of the year. As your, uh, as your income, uh, you know, becomes more obvious, as, as we approach the end of the year and you're able to home in on an amount of income that you're going to be earning this year or reporting this year, it's time to take a look at whether you have the ability to make a contribution to your IRA. Now, the rules are different, and we won't go into them right now, um, because although it's dependent on the tax, uh, on the uh, earnings and the ordinary income for the year, for the taxable year, you have until tax time of next year, April 15th, of the following year 
to make your contribution for the previous year. And as a policy decision, that makes sense. You really don't know what your taxable income is going to be. You, you don't know exactly what your earnings are going to be. You don't know until that year is over. So when the year is over, and you can kind of firm that number up, you can meet with your tax preparer, your tax advisor, or, or you know your CPA, whoever you're meeting with, or possibly you're doing your taxes yourself. You want to take a look at how much you've made for the year, um, what all of your income is, and whether or not you want you it's a good idea, or if you're even able to make a contribution to your traditional IRA or Roth IRA. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's very important and, of course, does not have to be done by de December 31st. Um, you have until April 15th of the following year. Let's go to beneficiary designations. All right. This is something else that is not time sensitive. It doesn't have to be done by the end of the year. As a matter of fact, it doesn't have to be done um, before April 15th of the following year. But it is something that is part of this financial checklist, something you want to take a look at. And what better time to do it than when you do have some downtime during the holidays. But beneficiary designations, all right? Did a family member who was a beneficiary on one of your accounts or, uh, or somebody that you have named as transferable on death on one of your accounts, did they pass away? Um, did they fall out of favor? Uh, was there a divorce? Um, uh, you know, or the flip side of that, did you get married? Did somebody enter into the picture? It's a great time to revisit your beneficiary designations on all of your accounts. Taking it a step further, it's also a good time to look at your estate planning documents and how the ultimate disposition of your assets will take place upon your upon your demise, or as, the, as we say in the business, when your will matures, when your last will and testament matures. But um, during the holidays, if you can, take some time, review your beneficiary designations, and if somebody, uh, you know what, it doesn't have to be marriage, doesn't have to be divorce, it doesn't have to be death that, that, would, uh, that would trigger a change. Maybe somebody has, um, somebody that you were looking out for has come into an inheritance themselves. Maybe somebody that you've named as beneficiary is not in a position to handle that money uh, in the event that you die. So it's something, you know, you want to take a look at it. I'm not saying you need to take a look at it annually, but when you've had a life event, marriage, a death in the family, um, uh, a divorce, certainly, or children moving out of the house, uh, possibly children, uh, children marrying. You know, we have clients that say, you know, look, I don't know, I don't like, I don't like who Sally married, or I don't like who Johnny married. Uh, we don't want to, we want to take them out of her will. Okay, we've seen where that happens, and in in those instances, what they may do is bypass the kids altogether and name the grandchildren. We see that a lot more often than we ever have. And a lot of times the kids are doing so well, they want to do that. All right, Jenna, I know we are going to a news break here soon. We are right on track. We have finished one half of the year-end financial checklist items, okay? I know we have uh, a couple of text messages. We'll answer those after the break. 
But uh, we're going to the news, right? Yes, we're going to take a quick break, uh, do a check-in with Fox News and get a local news update as well. We've got Candy in the newsroom this morning. Candy, what do we have coming up? Hey, how are you, Candy? Good. I'm Jennifer Kashinka with your Money Now. Stocks are posting strong gains. The Dow Industrial's up 375. The Nasdaq's up 131. The S&P 500 up 34. Bloomberg News says the FDA is set to authorize the COVID-19 treatment pills from both Pfizer and Merck. An announcement is expected this week. It would open up two significant treatment options for severe cases. Rite Aid earned a profit of 15 cents a share compared to expectations of a 32 cent a share quarterly loss. Rite Aid also announced a store closure program initially targeting 63 stores with an expected annual savings of about $25 million. And Rite Aid shares are up 15% on the news. Airbnb is tightening its policy restrictions on New Year's Eve parties, adding anti-party restrictions to some three-night rentals for guests without a history of positive reviews on the platform. Airbnb banned party houses back in 2019. That's your money now. Ladies, have you ever felt bloated for no good reason? Pelvic pain or pressure? Too full, too fast, even if you're eating just a little bit? Not so unusual, right? But if you have any of these things and they go on for two weeks or longer, see a doctor. Because bloating, feeling too full, too fast, and pelvic pain or pressure that doesn't go away can be signs of a gynecologic cancer like cervical, ovarian, or uterine cancer. And if your periods are heavier or longer than usual, or you have bleeding after menopause, see a doctor right away. It may be nothing, but find out for sure. Learn the symptoms, listen to your body. For more information about gynecologic cancers, call 1-800-CDC-INFO. That's 1-800-CDC-INFO. A message from HHS and CDC's Inside Knowledge Campaign. You know more about what matters in your life because you listen to the Pensacola Expert Panel with Jenna Barr. 9 till 11 weekdays on News Radio 923, AM some good tunes hey that's you know too bad we can't listen to the the whole song but you know it's news radio right that's right that's probably what our listeners are saying we're talking my listeners right yeah we have to talk a little bit more (laughs) but it's talk radio little queen in our life never hurt yeah i don't think there's any news in that song okay Mm -mm. i think all the news is coming out of our mouths that's right? right yeah all right well Listen, the good news is we're bringing you the checklist, and I'm over here making notes. <laughs> well, I know. You're, uh, you know, your pen is smoking. Okay. <laughs> um, hey, I wanted to share. Okay, so 
you know, we're knocking out a lot of the uh, the mundane stuff, but I'm telling you, it's so critical. So sometimes I feel like when I'm talking about uh, the things we talked about in the first half of the show, um, the QCDs, which are qualified charitable distributions, um, the Roth conversions, of course, the RMDs, the required minimum distributions. I feel like um, I feel like I'm talking or. I'm sounding like one of these Navy people that use acronyms for everything, okay? It is difficult to stay with, but but I'm telling you, uh, they're so important. So, again, required minimum distributions, Roth conversions, qualified charitable distributions, all of those, all of those, uh, all of those acronyms, um, the Roth IRA conversions, and what was the other one we did? Beneficiary updates, reviewing your beneficiaries. Yeah, that was kind of bad, too. We're talking about people dying, getting a divorce, and having to go in and change your beneficiary designations. I can't tell you, Jenna, how many people we sit down with, and we will look at their accounts where somebody um, went through a divorce three, five, ten years ago, and they still have their uh, now ex-spouse named as the beneficiary. Um, let's see. By the same token, you know, death. You know, a lot of now a lot of times in in your last will and testament, a lot of people think, well, my my spouse has passed. Okay, I've got to get a new will drafted. Not necessarily. You know, most wills, as a matter of fact, any will that I've put my eyes on is going to address. Um, uh, the demise of one spouse before the other, okay? So it would then go to children typically. But if there's any change in or any life events and, you know, again, death, divorce, marriage, birth of a child, things like that, um, possibly, you know, a prodigal child, right? You know, somebody that uh, may not be able to uh, inherit money and uh, for their own good, you've got to put the money away in a trust or uh, for their benefit by a, some other means. But during the holidays, uh, if you can, take uh, take stock of who's named beneficiary in your estate planning documents as well as primary beneficiary designations, titling beneficiary designations like TOD, okay, transferable on death. Uh, but Jenna, can you, oh, this isn't fair. Okay, and you got your mouth full. All right. I was going to ask you, can you name a type of account that has a primary beneficiary designation? Okay, you're off the hook. IRAs have a primary beneficiary designation. Uh, qualified plans, your 401k, your 403b, your 401a. Insurance policies have primary beneficiary designations. Um, annuities, primary beneficiary designations as well. There are lots of things that have primary beneficiary designations. They therefore escape probate but always good to have a look uh, at who, who those beneficiaries are, right? Okay. Um, now we're going to go into some of the, uh, the more, I would call, qualitative things, okay? We're getting away from numbers and things like that. But um, one of the things I want to talk about in terms of a financial checklist at the end of the year is take a look at what you're contributing to your qualified plan, okay? So many... So many of our clients are contributing the wrong way to their qualified plan. Um, what they will do is maybe front-end load it if they're maxing out, and by the month of August, 
they're not getting their mat matching contribution because they've maxed out their contribution. Okay, they're thinking, okay, I'll, I'll have the holiday season available with uh, more cash in my pocket because I uh, because I front-end loaded all of my contributions to my uh, 401K or 403B or whatever the plan is. When you do that and you don't spread it out over the whole year, you give up the matching contribution by your employer. And I've seen this happen. Um, now, a lot of people aren't maxing out their contribution, but if you are, you want to make sure it captures every paycheck so that you can get that match. I hope that makes sense. Okay, by the same token, you must review the allocations of your qualified plan contributions, both yours and your employer's, if your employer is matching. Um, where's that money going? Where's your contributions um, uh, where are your contributions in terms of your overall asset allocation? Are you um, are you primarily in stocks or equities? Are you primarily in fixed income or bonds? Do you have a combination of both? Um, we have some people we'll meet, and they let's say they're let's say they're mid sixties, and they will have the same asset allocation and contribution allocations that they had when they started with their employer, you know, maybe in their 20s or 30s. So you'll have a um, you'll have a 65-year-old retiring and they will have 100% of their money, Jenna, in the stock market. It's amazing. They've been rewarded. There've been some ups and downs. But um, you may want to dial down that risk as you approach retirement or certainly as you approach middle age and uh, you know, and just uh, preserve some of the wealth you've accumulated and not have as much risk, not have as much risk. Somebody's having a party next door, right? I heard a big hoot. Cat country. We need to be over there. Yeah, those cat country people. Uh, <laughs> hey, I, I think this is news. This is the first this day. Is serious business. This is the first is day. Oh, okay. This is the first time I've seen them here. Okay. Always good to see. Always good to see the folks with Cat Country. All right. This is the first time we're hearing them. They're just excited. I think they're all going on vacation tomorrow. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, all right. Back to contributions um, and how your funds are allocated in your employer's qualified plan. Please, please, please revisit that. Revisit it often. Um, I've actually seen... Jenna, where folks, if there's been a big downturn, like we had one, what, last year, uh, the flash crash from the uh, global pandemic, where they will take a pretty conservative portfolio and increase the risk by buying into the market if they see that, that something has corrected. Now, that's not something we advise chasing uh, or trying to time the market, but I have seen it, and I've seen where it's worked out well. And the key to a 401k, for, you know, any any employer qualified plan that is money that you will not touch hopefully until you retire hopefully hopefully until you're age 72 when your required minimum distributions take place and uh, uh, I'm not going to say legally but you will be penalized in a, in a big way if you choose to take distributions before age 59 and a half so that money's going to be in there a long long time please have it managed accordingly so, um, all right, so take a look at your asset allocation in terms of your employer's qualified plan, and in addition, rebalance it if necessary, and also take a look at how the contributions are being invested, all right? So 
The other thing, and this is something that's smaller, but I think a lot of us forget about it, all the more reason to, to, uh, to cover it. Flexible spending accounts. Um, make sure that whatever, you know, whatever you're choosing to do and whatever, uh, you know, if it's a, uh, what is it, the health savings account. I've got a health savings account. It's great. It's been, it's been probably, probably, you know, one of the, you know, one of the saving graces to a lot of us. You're able to, you're able to um, put away before tax dollars into an account and use them for health or medical related uh, purposes. This includes uh, dental and vision, okay? So a health savings, you know, and prescriptions as well. So using a health savings account is great, and sometimes there's a, there's an employer match as well. So if you take advantage of any sort of flexible spending account offered by your employer, check your balance, see much see much see how much you have left to spend and uh because a lot of times with the hsa or with uh, flexible spending accounts you have to use it during the tax year uh or lose it okay so use it or lose it we've heard that before right um did we have did we have something uh, a text or something come in Yes, we have a, a, a quick question here. Uh, let me make sure I double check it. You never can be too careful over here. Uh, and if you have a question, please feel free to text in or you may call 850-437-1620 is the number. What is the difference between a qualified account and non-qualified accounts? Oh, great, great question. Okay. Um, we have a number of names for different types of accounts. Uh, I think it's often overcomplicated. But a, a, let's start with a qualified account. A qualified account is a retirement account. It's an account that has no tax consequences um, in the management thereof. So during the life of the account, inside the account, there are no tax consequences. Um, so a lot of people will call it uh, a qualified account, a, uh, a uh, non-taxable account. Uh, now, it's very taxable when you pull the money out of a traditional balance. And as a matter of fact, it's 100% subject to taxes. But during the life of the account, while the assets are in the account, um, it is not taxable. All the gains, the interest, the dividends, no taxes. Got it? Okay, so qualified are retirement accounts. Um, and non-qualified are non-retirement accounts, um, or what we call uh, non-taxable accounts, uh, so a joint account that you own with somebody, okay? Any joint account, by definition, is a non-qualified account because guess what? IRAs, the I stands for individual. So retirement accounts are qualified accounts. Non-retirement accounts, so individual accounts, uh, uh, joint accounts that you hold with your spouse or someone else, those are non-qualified accounts. That's a that's a qualified non-qualified accounts. Uh, that's a great question. I think it's uh, I think it's often um, misunderstood, and hopefully I've cleared that up uh, for our listener. The one thing I will say is in our office we always say qualified account or non-qualified account. Period. We don't use retirement account, non-retirement account, taxable account, non-taxable account, qualified or non-qualified. How's that, Jenna? So good. <laughs> Sorry. This, 
I, this I, darn newsroom is distracting me over here. You know, here. everybody's <laughs> in the holiday spirit. They are. I wish I do you know. Love it. I, love I think it. I, I think we need to let our listeners know that. Uh, yeah, people sometimes are happy. Yeah, people are happy around here, and although we can't hear them, we can see them. And I'm just loving. Yes. I was they're doing a little happy dance, and uh, I do. I love seeing everybody just running back and forth, um, and it makes me happy. Yeah. And we we get to uh, get a little distracted along the way. Right on. In a right good on. way. Okay, moving along. Again, these are qualitative things that you can do. Um, everybody has probably gone through their open enrollment period. Uh, the open enrollment period uh, with your, uh, you know what, it can apply to Medicare too. But I'm talking about with your employer and getting your benefits, get, getting those getting those locked down and determining what you or you and your spouse or you and your spouse and your children need and require for 2022 now a lot of um, a lot of open enrollment periods have already closed all right if you didn't make any changes I'll bet if your circumstances have changed or if you maybe you didn't even get around to it all right you could probably call your benefits administrator and go in and make some changes okay now I'll tell you this once the year begins once next year begins I don't think you'll be able to make these changes unless you've had a life event where your circumstances have changed. So if, uh, uh, if your circumstances have changed this year and you have some ability to reopen your open enrollment, if it's already closed, get in there and make your elections so that you're good for 2022. All right. So another qualitative one is Jenna, credit cards credit cards can you imagine um, part of the year-end checklist is addressing credit cards okay now this is this is um, reviewing your credit cards um, and looking for opportunities there are two things that uh, a lot of credit card offers will uh, uh, will offer uh, to uh, prospective holders of their credit card one is zero percent interest for a for a certain period of time i think i usually see 12 to 18 months of zero percent interest if you open a card with them and um i've also seen where there's a you know where there's there's a cash back or an immediate generous uh uh, uh inflow into your account if you open a credit card i've seen you know hundred dollar offers there's also balance transfers you can do uh you'll get the the checks related to your existing credit cards this time of year where they will offer a low rate of interest for 12 months 15 months possibly 18 months and you can use that money um you know during the holiday season not necessarily advocating that but there are some good offers and some really good credit card uh, rewards and benefits out there. Um, it's a headache to look at. I've tried to look at it and sort it out. I've got a few. I think they're good. You know, but uh, if you're spending money and putting money on a credit card, make sure you're getting rewarded. You know, um, I'm trying to think. Uh, 
I'm trying to think, uh, you know, the Capital One has, is, a, is a strong one. Uh, there's a couple of others out there that have cash back or well, think about like you your needs points. too. Like yeah. think about what is important to you and then choose your credit card company wisely. Ask about oh, yeah. interest rates, oh, yeah. ask about monthly fees, ask those questions and don't be afraid to ask if they can be waived. Exactly. And so if you're a traveler, American Express is a really good one. They they are. And you know, I've got one and I'm, I'm embarrassed to tell you what the annual fee is. It's up there, but I get... Uh, so many perks. I get so many, you know, I get gas cards. I get Lowe's cards. I get, you know, I get all these things. Now, I can't really track the, you know, return on investment or anything like that. But, you know, it's pretty strong. I do pay an annual fee. And I think most of them, most of them you do. Also, if you're staying in hotels, this is something, you know, my son, he drives me crazy. He got, um, he has a job where he does nothing but travel. And I said, you have got to get the rewards cards for these uh these hotels and yeah 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 i will i will but uh you know you've got to do that when you're staying in hotels i i did that at an early age i've got a marriott rewards card and um you know i don't think i'll ever pay for a hotel at least a marriott property ever again it's nice so all right um review your credit card benefits the reward offers uh, the generous introductory bonuses and, uh, you know, possibly the 0% interest for the first 12 to 18 months. Not a bad deal. All right, this last one, last one, Jenna. Can you imagine? We're going to get through. We're going to get through all 10. But this last one is review all of your insurance policies. Now, let me, I'm not just talking about your life insurance, okay, or your car insurance or your homeowner's insurance i'm talking about all of them and i'll you know i'll read to you you know just um you know the ones a lot of us have i think i have i have all of these um life insurance okay review your life insurance is it you know what are you paying in premiums are you getting it through your employer which is typically cheap um are you uh are you in a term policy, a whole life policy, a universal policy? Okay, do you even know the answer to those questions? But review your life insurance policy. We are experts in life insurance. If you have a life insurance policy and you want to check up, come see us. Uh, call us at 850-437-3127. That's our office uh, with Hillary and Tina. They'll set up an appointment. We can review your life insurance policy. You have a homeowner's insurance policy if you're a homeowner. Do you know what it uh, what it covers? Do you know what your deductibles are? Do you know really anything about it? A lot of us don't. I'll admit a lot of um, a lot of these uh, a lot of policies I've had in the past. I don't know exactly what they cover. I know I've got it, but I don't know exactly how it works. Um, automobile policy, uh, your automobile insurance policy, again. Do you know what it covers? Do you have collision? Does it? Uh, uh, do you know what your deductible is or what your deductibles are? Um, do you know that all your have you swapped out cars? Do you? Uh, I had a couple of years ago. My son had, had insured the car that uh, we gave to him, and that was part of the deal. You insure it, and somewhere along the line, we forgot to take it off our insurance, so it was insured by both of us. To this day, it drives me crazy. So we double insured a car. Um, 
for some period of time. Maybe it needed it for that period yeah. of time. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. don't second guess yeah. it, Bob. Yeah, it's probably just an extra Band-Aid. Yeah, I know. Um, uh, the, the other insurance policies, uh, not as well known, but uh, let me cover them real quick. Um, do you have a long-term care policy? All right. When we meet with our clients and possibly the end of the meeting, they ask a question. A lot of them do. And I think it's a great question. And you've got to be prepared to answer it. And most of the time, it's the same answer. And the question is this. What could go wrong here? You know, what could go wrong with our financial plan? What, what could possibly affect us, impact us, or impact our children and their inheritance? And the answer is a long-term care event, okay? If you have to have around-the-clock care, whether it's in-home health care or at an assisted living facility, have you, if anybody has looked at how much that costs, and not only that, but the inflation rate on uh, health care and, and certainly assisted living facilities, it is exorbitant. And a couple years of that and paying eight to $10,000 a month um, for a loved one to pay for themselves, excuse me, for someone to pay for themselves or for someone to pay for a loved one, that money's going to go, is going to leave the, the account in a hurry. So a long-term care policy, and I can't go into the inner workings of a long-term care policy, but it's critical in terms of preserving wealth and guarding against an unfortunate event like having to have a long-term care uh, uh, a condition addressed. The last one is an umbrella policy or a liability policy in case somebody comes on your property or something happens even in a car accident and, uh, and you need to have yourself covered. All right, Jenna, we got through everything. I think our time is up. It's been delightful. I wish you and your family happy holidays and all of our listeners. And uh, we will talk next week, correct? Very good. Merry Christmas to you. And, uh, yes, Bob will join us next Tuesday morning on Winning with Mainstay Financial. Hey, tomorrow morning, join us. We're going to talk with Lisa Murphy from Southern Climate Solutions. And Todd St. joins us with Gulf Coast Air Care. We'll talk to you then.